you know, I think one of the things for us to be mindful of, more mindful than ever in this environment, is culture and the leader's role in creating and sustaining culture. A lot of us will lead in difficult times, and that's when culture really shows up. What's going on, family? Welcome to your Friday afternoon. So glad you could be with your boy for a few minutes. Man, is the year moving or what? Hard to believe for real that it's February, but I will say this. So many good things going on, man. So many things to share with y'all today. Some thoughts on the Grammys. Some thoughts on our great IG Live conversation last night, CHH Media. Shout out to my man, Justin Starchick, for pulling us together. Us, track stars, Rapzilla, Proper XL. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful conversation. And let me ask you this question, because you know I want to empower you with awareness and actionable insights. Have you thought about trading in, and I should say trading in, transitioning your skills and talents for higher purpose in your work? Transitioning your skills and talents for higher purpose in your work. I know a lot of you think about that. And so today, I've got a few tips from a recent article I've read, authored by our very own Jay about how you might do that and transition into different spaces. I don't know about you, but I was really excited to see some of the results from the Grammys this past weekend. It's so good to see, well, I think a couple things, right? Obviously, wonderful to see Lecrae bring home two Grammys, right? To be nominated in two categories and win uh, two categories is phenomenal. So just salute to him and the rest of the Reach family. I think when you think about it, he has had such a strong career, legendary career. A lot of times when we look at Christian hip hop, we think about other genres that have had artists that have stood the test of time. I always think about Billy Joel and Bruce Springsteen and other bands that are able to go out on the road after having so much time in the genre. Lecrae is forging a path of being decades in this thing and out on the road again, touring right now in the Winter Jam Fest. And so um, salute to him. Salute to P.I.D. as well, man. B.I.D. Preachers in Disguise, 35 years in the genre and are active and out. And we'll be sharing some information about them soon. Let me come back to Lecrae and the Grammys. And so, one, salute to Lecrae. Salute to Emmanuel as well, nominated in the category. So, two Christian hip-hop artists nominated this year. Excited for both of them and what it means to them, their careers, their teams, and our genre overall. Other news this week, I thought that was interesting. I don't know if you saw this, but the whole TikTok universal breakup, they were trying to work towards an arrangement to help keep all that music on a TikTok platform available for professional creators, right? Hobbyists, et cetera, that like to use music. And if you think about universal in their catalog, it represents a huge part of music overall. I would venture to say, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I would venture to say it's easy for them to represent 15% or more of music that's available in the marketplace as uh, given the major entity that they are, but they couldn't reach terms with TikTok. TikTok doesn't want to pay or at least doesn't want to pay uh, the right amount for music. And so Universal said we are pulling the plug on music. Now, the latest updates are they may, may come to terms, but just imagine that one day you're, you're creating and you're so used to adding these types of songs that you like from these artists in their catalog and the next day that's gone. So you have to pivot and find something else. It's a huge impact for those who specialize in social, particularly again on TikTok. And so more to come, but I just think it's a sign of the times in terms, well, two, two things, right? One, people undervaluing artists and their music. 
And as AI grows and people are doing more tracks, I read an article the other day that with the one of the AI technologies that was released in December or so, from December to now, excuse me, maybe November to now, over 30 million plus tracks have been created through that AI technology. And so for those of us who've been in this space for a minute, it's not about being a hater. It's not about saying, ah, we don't want to embrace technology. It is about saying we want to make people make sure people get their fair share, their fair value for the fair work. And I stand with those who are fighting for making sure artists, producers, writers, etc., get their just due. I asked you at the top of the show, are you thinking about, have you considered maybe transitioning your gifts, your talents, your skills, your experiences into a higher purpose of work. You know, a lot of times we think about what we have, what we're doing, but we also think about, man, if X would happen, I would love to use my gifts and my talents in a different space. And often for many, that's the nonprofit space, thinking about how they can put their energy into nonprofit purpose-driven work. And so there's a couple of things I want to share with you from an article that Jay wrote. And I'll, I'll give you some of my own personal experience as well uh, throughout to, to help you see it differently, maybe plan it differently, and maybe take some steps, right? Even before making the transition, maybe take some steps before making the transition. So let me start here with a piece of data. I thought this data was so apropos. And I'll just tell you, for those who see my book, Success in Your Own Terms, I started with some data points as well, as well, which was more than 60% of people were dissatisfied with the work they do today, more than 60%. This is more recent data from a Harvard Business Review study that nine out of 10 employees were willing to trade a percentage of their lifetime earnings for greater meaning at work. Just think about that for a moment. Nine out of 10, 90% of people said, I would trade my lifetime earnings. I'll trade money to have greater meaning at work. That's a heck of a statement. It'd be one thing if it was 10%, even 20, 30%, but 90%, 90% of people said, I would trade money for greater meaning at work. That says a lot because oftentimes we look at what's happening in the world and we believe that we're in a evolving state. People don't care about things. People are so caught up in self. The data says different. And so I'm encouraged by that. I don't know about you. I am encouraged by that. But the second thing really gripped this. When polling more than 2,000 respondents, the average person equated that number of what they were willing to give up to 23% of their lifetime earnings. I'm willing to give up a fifth of my lifetime earnings to have greater meaning at work. So this could be you. The odds are this is you. The odds are you represent nine of those 10 people. You are one of the nine. I'm believing that. <laughs> if you listen to Holy Culture Radio and my show, The Coiling Solution, I'm believing you're one of the nine out of 10. So let me give you four steps to help you potentially make such a transition. Step number one, start volunteering. There does not have to be a binary switch or a polar bear, excuse me, polar bear plunge to jump into that nonprofit work. You don't have to go from leaving the job this Friday to starting full-time in that nonprofit work on Monday. You can start with some volunteering and the benefits of volunteering are obvious. One, get your feet wet. Actually do some of the work because it's different from conceptualizing what that work will be like into actually doing some of it, touching it, feeling it. And either it's going to exceed your expectations, it may meet your expectations, 
but it also may not meet your expectations, which, by the way, is not a bad thing. It just means a pit stop on the road gave you new insights that tells you instead of going straight down that road, you may need to veer right a little bit to find that thing you were looking for. So start volunteering. Number two, network constantly. And I will tell you personally, I did not do enough of that before I made my transition. I'm raising my hand. I should have networked more because you know what I found out? After I was fully into it and what we wanted to do at the Coiling Solution, Coiling Ministries, et cetera, Holy Culture, and Reach Youth, once I started networking in the state of Delaware, I found there were at least 150 or more organizations doing some similar work. So it's not that it changed what I wanted to do, but it definitely changed how I wanted to approach it. I don't want to be duplicative. I wanted to be complementary. And so how do I then work within that network, if you will, of 150 so organizations and make sure we can add value, that we could partner, that we could create synergy? And so I wish I would have done more networking before making a transition. It would have eased my transition. It would have perhaps helped me gain more momentum earlier on, right? Because I would not have been looking to be duplicative. I would have been on a road to do something sooner with much more insight. So network constantly as you think about this. Third tip, stick to what you know. And I'll rephrase that a little bit. Use what you have. Use those experiences and things. There's something that happens sometimes when you go from working in for-profit, small business, medium-sized company, large enterprise businesses, et cetera, where we almost want to leave behind the things we did and come into this new space and with this, ah, right, that is so different. And I want to make this impact. But for some reason, I feel the need to leave these experiences behind. And I'm not sure it's a conscious decision, but I do want to say make the conscious decision to bring your experiences with you. Bring the organizational skills you've attained. Bring the technical skills in a particular area that you've obtained. Bring the people skills and how to navigate through a large organization or for this a smaller company. Bring those scrappy skills of having to play multiple roles because it's a smaller business. Whatever those things are that you've learned throughout your time in industry, so to speak, bring it over into the nonprofit. It will add a tremendous amount of value. And then the fourth tip, as you really are ready to pull the trigger on making a transition, tailor your resume as such. Try to lift out the things within the resume that highlight some of the accomplishments that are going to be applicable in terms of those experiences to this space you want to work in. One of the things that can happen with resumes is you can get very used to listing out some of the bullet points of the responsibilities of the jobs that you've worked in. And for me, and I think a lot of professionals have said this, it's really about, well, what did you do in the role? It's one thing for me to understand the job description. It's another thing for me to understand what you did. That points to, again, experience, accomplishments, growth, learning, et cetera. And that helps me then make a connection as a hiring employer, what you may be able to bring to the table for our organization. So again, family, if you're thinking about using your gifts and talents for a higher purpose of work, consider those four tips. We'll be right back, 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 back. back. with James Rousseau and the Corling Solutions Show. Yeah, go. Be sure to follow him and the conversations on Twitter at James Russo Sr. Welcome back. Welcome back, family. Thank you for tuning in as always. Let me drop a few thoughts on you. You know, I think one of the things 
for us to be mindful of, more mindful than ever in this environment is culture and the leader's role in creating and sustaining culture. A lot of us will lead in difficult times, and that's when culture really shows up. That's when the underbelly of culture really shows up in difficult times. And it's similar to finances. I remember a CFO saying once, when a company is highly profitable, sloppy financial management is not present sometimes because the company's profitable, maybe making a great margin. It's called a 15, 20%. And there's no need to look underneath the covers with rigor. And so people get away with doing sloppy things. But then when things tighten, market gets bad, margins go down. Everyone comes out to audit and you start looking around and you notice you're paying for recurring subscriptions for things that you don't use. You're ordering more supplies than you ever need. Your T&E policies, travel and exp- uh, expense, excuse me, travel and entertainment policies are outdated and it's paying for crazy things. And it go the list goes on and on. Your accounts payables are not, uh, excuse me, account receivables are not, uh, you know, retrieved and managed in the proper time frames. And so you just have a lot of sloppy practices. But again, in good times, you may not notice it because you're making a great margin. But when bad times show up, all those things stick out because now you're looking underneath the covers with a level of rigor. I believe culture is similar. In good times, things are happening and people are having fun and maybe having parties and so on and so forth. When bad times happen, the underbelly of the culture shows up. What is ingrained in folks or the lack thereof shows up. And so it's important as leaders for us to constantly be leading, growing, harvesting, maintaining, monitoring the cultures. And here's a thought. I love Gallup's research because Gallup over the years has done so many studies to help understand the tenor and the temperature of corporate environments. And so their data to me is highly valid because they do wide studies and they go in depth into interpreting the data. And one of the things they say from a study is there are endless ways to define culture, but Gallup believes that culture simply comes down to how do we do things around here? Just think about that for a second. It simply comes down to how do we do things around here? How? How do we do things around here? So not that it just gets done, but how do we do it? The spirit in which we do it, the manner in which we do it, the attitude in which we do it, all those things matter. And here's some data points that they talked about after doing a recent study. If you improve culture, if you move the ratio of people that are happy within a culture to eight and 10, here's some things you could realize. And these are three strong data points. One, a 40% reduction in absenteeism. Now grab that for a second. If you're a manager, supervisor, leader, you know what it's like to deal with absenteeism when people don't show up, call out continuously, show up late, or what we also call just not being present in the workplace. So they're there, but not there. If you understand what I mean, they're there, but they're playing games, (laughs) Royal flush or whatever speeds, you know, monopoly go. Most of the day, right, they get the minimum amount of work done and then they check out. So there's multiple forms of absenteeism that spreads the, the spectrum. A 41% reduction in absenteeism. What could that mean for you and your team? The second thing you talk about, 50% drop in safety incidents. Now, you may think, well, I work in an environment where we don't really have safety problems. Safety problems abound. There's some places where it's fairly obvious because it may be a factory and such. 
But no matter where you are, safety accidents can happen. And just think about that, a 50% drop in safety incidents. And then the third metric, and this one really is going to get you a 33% improvement in quality. Think about that for a moment. A 33% improvement in quality. I don't know about you, family, but my experiences as of late, particularly starting during the pandemic and since, is that a lot of service has dropped. The feel of being served has dropped. I really, I'm going to say this, and I hope I don't really offend anybody. The idea of coming through a grocery store line or a drive through or whatever and feeling like you are disrupting someone from doing their activities on the phone as if like you're a disruption, <laughs> right? That is it just me? That sense of, wow, I, I remember a time that people honored the customer and wanted their dollars. And whether it was in recognition that those dollars helped pay for their salaries or kept their business alive, or they just genuinely wanted to serve, I remember those feelings. And now, in many cases, you can feel like you're you're disrupting their day, right? Just think about that. That That is service quality, right? 33% improvement in quality. And then you have product quality. How do you develop, manufacture, produce, promote, and put your product on the shelves? Imagine what you could it be experiencing for yourself and your team if you get a 33% improvement in quality? So to my leaders, and I quite frankly believe we are all leaders, don't think about the title or the chair you sit in today. You have the ability to impact someone. Think about seriously how you are impacting culture. Hey, thank you for being with me. If I didn't tell you already, man, I just want to say this. I had a great time last night with uh, my brothers from Rapzilla, Trackstars, Proper XL. want to uh, salute again Justin Sarachik for pulling us together and uh, inviting us onto his podcast. But it was, a, to me, a wonderful CHH media discussion where we randomly covered, well, I shouldn't say randomly because I know Justin knew what he wanted to talk about, so he asked us a number of questions, but just kind of went through the history of our organizations briefly, how we got into it, what we are seeking to do, what are our plans for 2024, and even some of the particulars, right, of how we develop content and manage our socials and some of those different things. I just think it was a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful discussion. And uh, again, salute to my man, Justin Sarachik, for pulling us together. I'm about to head out here, y'all, but events are always coming. We have so many events going on, so many people out on wonderful tours, 1K Few starts his tour in a few weeks. The Cray's out on tour now with Hovey on the Winter Jam, so on and so forth. Go to holycoach.net forward slash events and check it out. And I will always say to you, we are a nonprofit 501c3. And so if you feel like our mission is making an impact on you, yours, others around you, please feel free to donate holycoach.net forward slash donations. Until next time, be informed, be empowered, be accountable. Much love. informed, empowered, and can now be accountable. What were some of your takeaways from this episode? I always enjoy hearing from you, so please share. 
Additionally, if you have questions, here's some things that are new to you or need some clarity on some of those things, I am here to serve. Go to our website at thecorelingsolution.com slash podcast. Right below the show notes, you'll see a comment section. Tell me about some of your takeaways from the episode. You can ask your questions. You can mention challenges in the areas that we cover or tell me about guests you'd love to hear from. Alternatively, you can do the same through social media channels of Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Thank you as always for linking up and I look forward to seeing you next episode.